Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. What is going on? My name is Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Thanks for checking out the show. I know it's been a few weeks since I've done one of these, so thanks for checking in. Maybe some people caught up on old episodes or some people were just like, eh, whenever he comes back, I'll hit play again. So here it is. (laughs) I was a little bit busy at our wedding a few weeks ago. That definitely took a lot of time to prepare and do and really was an awesome experience. And uh, I think I mentioned on here before, we're already, we were already married paperwork-wise. You know, we just never had a ceremony. And when we wanted to do one, of course, there's COVID and all kinds of things got in the way. So things took precedence. Things uh, happened fast. Next thing you know, it's three years later. So thanks to everybody who came to that. It was, it was really just an awesome, awesome experience. You know, I never realized how much planning goes into something like that. So you're doing it. And then once the day comes, it's like everything, all the work, all the time and effort, it was all uh, worth it. So I think I was going to give like an update on the DJ guys. I'll just say this. I don't want to get too in-depth with it because there's there's a lot I could talk about. But they did the right thing. They did not play the, the bad music. I think I might have scared them a little bit. Um, they just were not great at knowing which songs to play together. <laughs> I think basically the way it works is not everybody that calls himself a DJ is actually a DJ. Just because you got a lot of songs on some sort of technical device does not necessarily mean you know what it takes to put those songs together and to work a crowd or to work a room or whatever. They did their they did their job and they did everything they know how to do. But uh, the essence of a true DJ is not just pressing buttons and having a bunch of songs and a track list that you play. So uh, anyway, we got through it. <laughs> it's done. I can't complain too much. I'll leave it alone. They did not play all the bad songs I complained about. So if that was the bar, they passed the bar. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, today's show... Man, I am excited about this one. Speaking of music, I'm a huge fan. Well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of LL Cool J. That, that goes without saying. But I feel like I'm one of the few people who really love his third album, Walking with a Panther. There's a, there was a time when a lot of people looked at that album as he fell off. He's not LL anymore. 
Because that's what sparked Mama Said Knock You Out, because people were calling him out, saying, you know, he had too many love songs, or he, you know, he was too much about this and that, and he wasn't really saying anything. And first of all, they're wrong, and that album's great. I mean, I love songs. You could skip those. But, but other than that, <laughs> but that's what got Mama Said Knock You Out going, because he kept hearing all that, hearing all that. And he's like, yeah, all right, you guys keep talking all this shit, coming back hard, and, you know, just knocking dudes out. Modi probably still feels it to this day. But speaking of that album, the photographer, the guy behind the cover of that iconic image of him with the panther in the alley, Ricardo Betancourt is coming on the show today. We're going to talk about everything that went into the creation of that cover for Walking with the Panther. So stay tuned. Ricardo Betancourt is here. We're going to talk about his iconic cover for Walking with the Panther. But before we go forward, we always go back. And let's go back to my last episode. And I had my man Piff Penny on, and we talked about a lot of stuff. And specifically, we talked about how everybody has their own top five MCs. And he basically states that, hey, I can come out here and write something anytime and go up against anybody you're talking about because they're not recording anymore. So instead of me talking about it, let's let Piff talk about it. Here we go. Piff Penny from the last episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. Flashback. I already know my capability, you know what I'm saying? I grew up listening to the top five, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I know every last one of them at their peak. There and a lot go. of them, and none of them are at their peak right now. That's my top five, none of them. No, that's true, peak. man. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Definitely go back and check out that episode if you've not heard it. With my man Piff Penny talking about his new EP with Skinny Bones, The Godfather. Penny for your thoughts. So definitely go check that out. Big salute to Piff Penny. He's been on the show multiple times. And it's always good to talk to him. But yeah, he was talking about top five MCs. And LL Cool J's got to be in that conversation every time you think of it. I don't know how you don't have him at least in your top ten. So we're going to talk about LL Cool J, but specifically the cover for this third album from 1989, Walking with a Panther. And we're talking with Ricardo Betancourt, the photographer behind that cover, the man who helped sculpt that cover to where it is, to me, one of the most iconic covers of all time. And I wanted to do something different for 50 years of hip-hop, not just focus on the music and the artists, but some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And to me, album covers are almost as important as the music that's on the albums. And when you see that cover, it's supposed to give you an idea what you're about to get, what you're going to listen to. And these covers stand the test of time. I mean, this album came out in 1989, and I'm I'm still bugging out on that cover. And that's why I wanted to talk to Ricardo about it. So stay tuned. Ricardo Betancourt is here. We're going to talk about this album cover and much, much more from him. He's done album covers for Santana and Ruben Blades and a lot of other artists. So stay tuned. Ricardo Betancourt will be on the show shortly. And also, uh, when I do this interview with Ricardo Betancourt, I would strongly suggest it. It probably would help. I know it's not easy. Some people listen to this on their on their phones or they're at work maybe or driving. So that would be a little hard to do. But it might be a good idea if you pull out the record or pull up the image and check it out while we're talking because there's a lot of stuff in there that if you haven't seen that cover in a long time or maybe you're not even familiar with it at all, it would help. I think <laughs> if you're looking at it while we're talking about it, because you'll see some of the stuff that we're talking about on there. So trying to make this a little more interactive, this episode. It's like, uh, I remember as a kid, I used to have these uh, books that came with a tape. Like there was a Star Wars one. I think I had an Indiana Jones one as well. might have been for Temple of Doom. But with the Star Wars one, you get the book, you play the tape, and it's like when you hear R2-D2 and he does the whistle sound, that's when you turn the page. And I think the Indiana Jones one was uh, when he cracks the whip, turn the page. So you're reading along in the book, and it's basically giving you like a summary of the of the movies. So it's kind of similar to that. I, I don't have any sound effects to play to tell you to look at the back cover versus the front cover. <laughs> Whatever, man. But yeah, if you want to check out the cover while you're listening to this, I think that would enhance the interactive experience of this episode. And hearing what Ricardo and I talk about with this cover, there's a lot of detail on here. And definitely can't wait to talk to him 
about this cover. So definitely stay tuned for that. But this is the Infinite Banter Podcast. You can hear it on all streaming platforms. Follow the show on social media. Still on Twitter. I don't call it X or whatever the heck it's called now. But I'm there until they start telling me I got to pay money. Then I will bounce immediately. I will be out of there. At Infinite Banter Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Rate and review the show on all the streaming apps. Check out the Spotify playlist. There is a YouTube page with clips from past guests on there. And definitely, you know, support, reply, retweet, repost, all those things. Definitely appreciate all the feedback and support. But let's get into it. Ricardo Betancourt is here. We're going to talk about Walking with a Panther, the iconic cover of LL Cool J's third studio album. But before we do anything, another legend from Queens, the one and only DMC gets on. He says this, and the show begins. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. And longtime listeners of this podcast know how much I love LL Cool J's third album, Walking with a Panther. Well, on today's show, we have the man behind that iconic cover. He's done covers for artists like Ruben Blades and Santana. Welcome to the show, photographer and artist, the one and only Ricardo Betancourt. What's up, man? Hey. How are you, Mark? I appreciate nice it. talking to you. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on here. It's uh, it's an honor to talk with you. Uh, you've done so much work over the years. And, of course, the one that caught my attention was Walking with a Panther. But before we get into that, just let people know, you know, that are listening, your background. Like, when did you first start doing photography and art? How long have you been doing that kind of work? Well, in... 1977, I, I went to London International Film School. That's where I started taking pictures and getting myself ready to come back to New York because I wanted to bring something to contribute to uh, photography, you know, images. And, and in a way, uh, it, it worked because I actually created a base on black and white photography and cinematography, which is what they teach in England, and they're very good at it. Uh, so I, I arrived in New York with, with that base. I landed in 1980. <laughs> you know, like, what is going to happen now? You right. know? And and in 19, you know, I started doing all kinds of things, you know, still live and a lot of liquor account advertising and all that. But in 1983, I met Ruben Blaze in a in a set. Uh, they rented my studio, Leon Chasso, the director for a movie they were shooting called Super. Uh, Leon Chasso just passed away. It was my, one of my best great friends, you know, in that era. Uh-huh. Uh, this film director actually brought him into the studio, and he... Uh, we started talking and he, he said, I have an album, Buscando America, Searching for America, that needs an image. You know, so he sang me the, the whole album while we were, they were waiting to, to, you know, to be filmed in the studio. And, and we, we said to meet later on. And when he came, he had an image draw and a, a drawing of an image that was exactly the same. And that from there on, uh, the album cover uh, situation in my life started, you know, with 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 that that work, and that was '83. Then I did a whole bunch of other things, uh, but I kept doing album covers until 1989. That uh, Russell Simmons called me and, and said, "We have a we have a problem because uh, Elko J shot this image in LA with a Panther." 
and the panther look you know dead it's <laughs> a problem in, in LA, <laughs> la they they sedate the animals you know in the new york you right. couldn't do that new york you you have to work with the animals you know like uh so it was a big challenge you know i called my agent and we produced with all that we took care of all the uh, things we had to solve the logistics you know we we were doing it out outside on the street you know we had to fence a whole alley we had to have policemen with high power guns in case the panther would go crazy and you know it was a big challenge but uh the big challenge uh actually pay pay back because uh he was very happy with the image russell simon was happy everybody was happy and uh, this album in a way has uh, had an impact in my life you know like uh, like Buscando America, you know, because the album uh, outlived like uh, a lot of other people in in that industry, you know, and, and uh, he himself, he he has outlived like so many, and I'm, I'm so glad, you know, that he's. My wife just told me that he has a program called Lip Sync. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that, right. You know, I, I, that makes me feel good that he has survived. Yeah, and and the album cover has survived. You know, it, you know, it became platinum and all that. But to me, the most important thing is that, that the image and him have survived. You know, like Ruben Blaze have survived, Santana survived. You know, and that to me is uh, is very important. Yeah, and Ruben Blaze, you can see him on Fear the Walking Dead. He's on there on that show every week when that comes back on AMC and. He's in a lot right. of movies and, of course, Santana, legendary artist. And me personally, yeah. I just saw El Cool J do a concert about two months ago here in Chicago. Oh, yeah. He did the uh, wow. Four Stories. He's got a new album coming out and, and had legends like Rakim and Dougie Fresh oh, and Slick right. Rick on the stage with him. It's, so, it's yeah, amazing. He's still doing yeah. it, you know. And it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, that, in a way, uh, keeps me going. You know, when you asked me to do this podcast, uh, I went and I pulled out the album. And there was an article in the New York Times in August about the jewelry of, of um, hip hop. You know, right. the art. It, it, it was, and his uh, his knuckle piece of jewelry is there. Fifty years of American art form. You know, and and when I saw that, I said, "Wow, this guy, amazing! He has survived." And that's very important. Yeah, very this important. this album came out in 1989, so we're talking about over 30 years ago that this happened. Yeah. And, and you know for yourself like when you first got that call were you familiar with LL Cool J's work did you even know what the album have you did you hear the album did you know anything about it before you guys started shooting yes, it yes 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 because I was doing uh, see I I was struggling you know surviving in the art when you when you're surviving and when you're hungry you're very open to all kinds of experiments and uh, I was doing things for cutting records it was a small uh, hip hop uh, record company in a basement, and and he, you know we did that. Uh, we did a lot of things on hip hop, and I listened to a lot of music, you know. And I actually, I, I there were a lot of um, kids, you know, from the Bronx involved, like Little Louis Vega. I, I I photographed him for for Atlantic a record. Cutting records was probably an eye opener, you know. Say so, wow. These people are doing all these things, right? So this is this is really like a mine, gold mine, you know. Like uh, so, I, I did a lot of work in eighties and nineties. Uh, 
besides, you know, I did a lot of Latin music also, you know, very important albums with Tito Puente, Palmieri, uh, you know, all the artists of, of, of the 80s, Willie Colon and Celia Cruz, uh, it was an honor oh, to man. actually. Yeah. Celia <laughs> Colon is a legend in Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, he was, uh, you know, these guys were coming from the 70s, you know, and into the 80s. And they were like, funny records they were making a lot of noise you know? right like hip hop then started making a lot of noise you know uh, you know also but this the whole movement of uh, hip hop latin music and it was all entangled you know like in in one big ball of energy you know like and i was lucky to be there at the right time and those were memorable years for me you know Really cool. Yeah, and you know, doing those early album covers, like you said before, do you have any idea how Russell even got your name? Like, how did that happen? How did Russell even know to call you? Russell Simmons, uh, he was paying attention to everything that was happening at that time. Yeah. I'm very grateful to him. Um, He actually, you know, so probably, you know, Buscando America was the first Latin crossover album with Electra Records. You know, and Bruce Lumba was at the head of Electron Records then. Then he went to uh, to a Blue Note label, you know, which is in jazz. That's one of the most important, if not the most important label at that time and, and for many, many years. And he he actually, Rosen probably saw that I that I was doing things, you know, and and he he called me directly in and asked me if I could do this because. They, they were releasing the album and they had no no image because that's a problem the dead the dead the panther in in la didn't work <laughs> you had to get a new york panther yeah. right that's the only way to do it yeah new york you, you get things done you know how it is it's like uh, yeah whatever you need whatever you, you get things done there oh yeah absolutely yeah and the cover is so iconic i'm i'm holding the record right now and i'm looking at it and just the idea that you guys got a panther to wear a rope chain, a gold necklace. It's just, yeah. it's so crazy to me. And he, he looks like he's, yeah. it's natural. Like it, it's not natural, but of course, in this album cover. Well, <laughs> I was I was just actually uh, talking about it with my wife. He thought, okay, he came with this gold chain, right? And who's going to put it around the neck of that, of that panther, right? <laughs> you know, like, and okay. Uh, so I talked to the trainers and they say, well, we'll, we'll try, no? And because he was a young panther and she was a little bit restless because it was uh, raining and it was lightning, which is two things oh, they yeah. don't like. <laughs> right. So uh, we let her run around the fence area and blah, 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 for a while. And then he attempted putting it on and, and she let let him do it. And she, she was very cool about it. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something you have to test as you go, like anything else, you know, like uh, the people, people have to be comfortable with right. like the three girls in the back of the cover, you know, uh, they, they had to be comfortable because if not the whole thing would look like, you know, stage or, or right. too, uh, too, they're, they're too nervous. Everybody's like, then LA would be nervous and everybody, would, and then we had no <laughs> shot, no picture. Yeah. yeah. But every, everything worked out. It took, it took a, uh, some time we were very patient and uh, and the animal performed with 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 him and he got what he wanted 
you know, not even in the front. It's, it's exactly what he wanted. Right. You know, it's exactly what he wanted. And you talk about that back cover. I mean, those three yeah, women in the background, if one of them is scared, you know, to be around that panther, something might not work, right? You, they've got to look natural yeah, in that exactly. moment. No, exactly. And, you know, those were times there was no touch-up there, no, uh, you know, computer tricks. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, no. it's all shots, it, yeah. It's a straight shot, you know, he was very close to the panther, you know, as you can see in the picture, you know, basically around maybe two and a half, three feet behind, you know, and uh, and when you start flashing and there is uh, rain and lightning, and it's very hard to to get that, you know, direction from the eyes of the panther and the, his eyes into the lens and then let that like come through. You know, like uh, I'm looking at the image right now, and and that happened. You know, like uh, that one shot is what we wanted. Boom, that one. <laughs> Perfect. And it happened, and it's great. And, you know, we're talking um, about it here in 2023, Ricardo. That's what's so great about it. We're still talking about this album cover in so many years, and you know, I you you brought up that it rained. It, it does. You could tell when you look at it. How did you say that? It kind of has like a like an after rain effect kind of feel yeah, to it, actually, like in that alleyway or whatever. Yeah, you can see it in the cobblestone. Actually, that helped us too because the cobblestone, when they're wet, they, they look they look better. And the panther uh, is wet also. You, you look around, she's wet, you know. <laughs> the whole thing, actually, she shines and the right. cobblestone shines. So it worked out for us, for everybody, right. you know. And uh, it was a lucky thing. That. But usually, when when you are, you know, I, I learned this in my my photography life. You know, you you have to be lucky. You know, because if you're not lucky, that moment might not come. You know, and uh, you can do anything you want, but the moment might not come, especially when you're shooting straightforward pictures. You know, right. life and uh, painting is different, which is what I'm doing now. I've been painting for 16 years now. Uh, I moved to, to Spain uh, and I started painting in 2009. Um, but painting is, is yeah, you have to be lucky also, but then you have a lot of time to process the image in your brain. The, when you're shooting an album cover like this, with so many elements, and and you are actually waiting for the moment to come. Right. The moment might not come. No, and we wouldn't be talking about it now. Exactly. Right? And you're There's talking about so many so many factors. And you got you've got a live panther. You've got three women. You've got LL. You've got the the rain and oh, everything yeah. you're talking about. Just public people probably walking by and having to block off the street. All that has to come together for that one yeah. shot that yeah. worked out for a legendary oh, album he, cover. He came in his convertible Mercedes man. Uh, in the promotion picture, you see that, and uh, ten cases of champagne. <laughs> oh, man. That's what they're holding, right? The, the women in the background, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all you needed was one case, right? No, they came with ten cases. You know, I guess they had they had plans for the party. After, yes. You know, but, but <laughs> Did you drink any afterwards? Did they pop the bottles once everything was done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was very busy, you know, like uh, dealing with taking everything down and making sure that, you know, like uh, the panther would go home. <laughs> with, with <laughs> yeah, the, that's another with one. The, with the other panther. There were two panthers. Oh, I see. One that uh, came at first I was four years old, and that one didn't behave, so they had to put her, put her back in, in, the, in the cage, and then they have a backup. They had a backup. It's a nine-month, almost fully grown, you know. But she behaved better because... 
she was not, uh, you know, like a four-year-old panther becomes more like uh, like what they are supposed to be, you know? Uh, right. Uh, predators, animals <laughs> of the <Yes>. jungle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. How was uh, El-, El to work with? Was he pretty cool around the Panther? Was Very, he a little scared? Uh, yeah. Cool. You know, yeah, this guy, you know, I, I actually knew his, his history because he was from Queens. You know, he, he lived with his grandma. And he lived in the bay, and the basement, he would make music there, and the grandma was very supportive of him, you know, and that's why in the next album, he had a very famous song dedicated to her. Right, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, he had a lot of respect uh, for this guy, a lot of respect for him. Definitely put some incredible values in him. No, he was very, very gentle to work with him. Very, very good. I work with other rappers, and let me tell you, <laughs> nothing like, like him. You know, like I, I, I would work, I would have worked with him many times. There, there are other people that I wouldn't work with. You know, at that time, because they were, they were, they were in a different kind of a, a mind frame. You no, know? no, he was a really cool. That's yeah. why his name is LL. I was gonna say, <laughs> it's right there in the name, in case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and where yeah. was that shot? Where is that in Queens, Brooklyn? Like what? what no, no, no. It was in the village. Oh, it was in the village. Okay. You know, we looked for an alley. It was in the West Village, close to the West Side Highway, on a 15 feet fence. That was the regulation. The city, in order to get a permit, you know, I, I needed an alley that I could fence in the back. You don't see the fence because it's in the dark in the back, and and fence in front where we were shooting. And we had like a door in case something goes wrong, you escape through the door, you know. But um, and then you had the. I was more nervous uh, about the policemen with the high-powered guns behind this. You know, there were two. You know, imagine if something goes wrong and they try to shoot the panther. You know, that that would have been fatal. Oh wow! But um, everything was really, really great. It was a great night. And uh, that panther is still in my memory, like <laughs> for forever. It's like right there. Yeah. It says a lot about the cover because I'm looking at it again, and you know the way the panther's looking at me as I'm looking at the cover. You kind of get that feeling, like it's a timeless, like almost like the panther's soul is in this album cover. And exactly, uh, absolutely, I believe that because yeah. uh, you, you know, remember, I I don't want bring this up, but I, I just read something about, you know, in the 90s, uh, you know, for example, Tubamac, you know, like, am I pronouncing his name correctly? And his, his parents were both, both uh, from the Black Panther movement and all that. You know, the whole Black Panther thing was actually still alive, no? From yeah. from previous years of, uh, of you know, uh, all kinds of uh, protests. But... In a way, I don't know if he was thinking about that when he brought the idea of the panther. But um, the panther is very symbolic. You know, even if you don't think about the Black Panther movement, it's there. You know, the Black Panther is uh, is very symbolic and it's a very strong symbol of of you know the the, the Black movement of the previous years. You no, know? it's uh, for sure. It's it's very important. I think you know now that I. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think about it again. Uh, yeah. It is, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why that album cover and the image, you know, is is kind of a, eternal, you know, because the, the Black Panther is is right there in the front of the image. Yeah, like, looking at you like, okay, they mess up with us here. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like wow. And Black really. Panther, of course, with the Marvel movies and stuff, is definitely taking on another, you know, status. Exactly. You know? So. Yeah. Oh, again. You know, imagine they brought her back again in the in the big screen. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, wow. Yeah, this this cover, like I, like everybody listening, if you don't have it, definitely get your cover. And I, I just noticed by LL's foot there is a puddle of water. I never noticed that before until you talked about the rain aspect. And then yeah, there's a yeah. lot of graffiti in the background. It's really faint, but you can see it. You know, I don't know if that's still there to this day. It's probably been washed off over the years. Right. But um, well, the West Village was not as as loaded with graffiti as the East Village, for example. I, I did I did a few albums in the East Village uh, for cutting records and and uh, polygram, um, you know, sapphire and uh, and the the walls in the wow in the, in the East Village are loaded, yeah. you know, especially because that's where it comes from, you no, know? like the, right. that's where graffiti it was like uh, all, all over the walls, you know, it was. And, uh, but here in the West Village, it's a little bit more clean, which is maybe better for the picture because you um, here you don't want to be distracted too much, you know, with graffiti on, on, on the wall. I think it would work for us that there's minimum graffiti is there, right. but it's not uh, invading the, the the, the image, you know? Right. Uh, and it definitely looks authentic. It doesn't look like you guys just put it up there. You know, it doesn't say LL Cool J on it or something. It's no. obviously <laughs> the graffiti yeah. that was there before you guys got there. And Exactly, exactly. Yeah, everything, well, it's, it's the, the beauty of shooting in New York, you know, it's authentic. In New York, it's, it's like a backdrop that has been created there through right. years. And then you've got the yeah. suitcase with the handcuffs, and then you've got a like he's a like he's a spy or well, something. Well, you right? asked me what, what was in that suitcase. I, I never found out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I never did. And why the handcuffs? Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a mystery. <laughs> You're gonna have to ask him that. All right, you know, get get LL on the show here. We're gonna ask him what's in that suitcase. It's kind of like I don't know if you ever seen a movie Pulp Fiction. The same thing. There's a, a briefcase in that movie that they never reveal what's in it. So it, there's right. two briefcases yeah. that uh, I need to find out what the contents are. And any, uh, <laughs> did you have any idea about like his wardrobe? He's got the hat. He's got the the, the four finger ring and everything. Did you have any mm-hmm. uh, say in that, or was that all just how no, it no, no? Up? He he knows. He knew exactly where he wanted. 
so um, he he did you know his own thing you know and uh, he he knew exactly what he wanted so no i didn't i didn't interfere in, uh, at all that was his image uh, his his look um, look at the the cool yay piece of jewelry is in the in the new york Times magazine now in august 2022 <laughs> so he he knew exactly what he wanted to put out there that will become like a you know, part of his legend right uh, the whole thing it's the, the chain the, the the handcuffs and the suitcase are I don't know. <laughs> He's still a mystery. Again, you're going to have to ask him. Yeah. I'll have to find yeah. a way to get him on here if it's at all possible. Right. Like, LL, I don't care about anything except what's in the suitcase. <laughs> Me and Ricardo <laughs> need to know right now what's in there. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. But well, you know, that's what he wanted. Yeah. People to think about and ask about it. Right. See? Absolutely. Yeah, and there's handcuffs on it, so you know it's important. Or at least the perception that it's important. It could just be girls' phone numbers. It's, it could just be that. It could be his black book. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 30-something years later, any lasting thoughts? Like when you, does, it, does it blow your mind when people still bring up this album cover to you after all these years? Uh, and, yes, it does. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. You know, it's like uh, Buscando America. That album is uh, 1983, mine. You know, like uh, that one is way back, and people are still talking about it. Um, in a way, uh, that is what really uh, started my career. You know, in in, uh, in the music business, you know, I I did uh, all the things, but in the music business, was kind of America, and then and those albums were, were classic. The 100th album of Tito Puente, I, I did. Wow, and that blew my mind also. You know, because uh, he was his legend. Because Tito Buente is, uh, is something that everybody, everybody knows uh, that he was the king. <laughs> right. And Celia Cruz was the queen. So those two guys, uh, with, together with Alan Coulier and Ruben Blaze and Santana, and yeah, I can keep on, you know, in jazz, I did uh, people that I always liked. I, I, uh, the drummer, Steve Gadd, and all those people. Of course, they are my my history in, with images in music, and of course they're gonna stay there with me forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's and it shows so many years later we're still talking about it. And was there any thought that maybe you might do LL's next album cover or any other hip hop artist? Was there any other ones that you were considering doing after this? Um, you mean now or then? <laughs> oh, <laughs> both. No. You know, it was like after you did this album cover, did you get, uh, oh, can you do mine? Oh, was there a lot of that afterwards? Oh, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of things came after that. You know, it's Salt and Pepper. I did, I did uh, incredible sessions with them. Oh, okay. They were really cool to work with. Really, really cool. Nyron, there were, there were all other acts that were not as well known, but they had the means to go on location, you know, and pay to to do an image on location, which is more costly. You had to bring the lights to the studio out and you had to get the location. And, but that is the way I wanted to do things. So, uh, you know, if they wanted to go outside, then, then we had to, you know, we have some 
different cars. And but it, but it all it all worked out. You know, always always worked out. Right, and you know that just speaks to the the era too. I mean, album covers, you know, medium like cassettes and CDs and vinyl. That was more right. back then. So I, that's why I think your album covers really stands out because a lot of us grew up with this album cover and right. other album covers. Where like now, I'm not saying the album covers aren't as important, but you know, we don't hold music in our hands like we used to. We don't stare at the cover like we used to. It's on our phones, and it it just doesn't have that same. I don't know how to put it. Like yeah, this that, connection. That, that's- yeah. That feeling, yeah, right. yeah, I know what you're saying. In a way, a lot of people are missing it. A lot of people are going back to vinyl and collecting them. And, and you know, it's a beauty to have, uh, you know, vinyl and to have the covers, the full thing, the artwork. And of course, it's, uh, it's it's great. The problem is that in modern times, everything, yeah, like you said, is on the phone. Then people have to carry the vinyl right. <laughs> in boxes, and then yeah. you need the you need the but. People are doing it. You know, I see, I go to people's houses and they have the turntable and they have the speakers. And my God, when I hear the sound, I say, wow, this is the real thing. You know, I'm sorry, the analog thing is like, uh, it's a beauty. You know, it's not just the album cover, but the, um, even Keith Richards said, you know, like, uh, you know, like when you hear analog, it's like being, it's like the musicians are in their own. (laughs) <laughs> with, right. Who, and but then you need the, the speakers and the turntable and the box of vinyl. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Then then you move and you have to take them with you. And then you yeah, all of that. But it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. It. And you and you were in New York in that era. In that when that was going on, when a lot of these great DJs and. Yeah, hip hop right. was coming up, and all the other music genres are starting to really branch out, and it's. It's really mm-hmm. something. We all grew up in an era here, those of us that are of this age. We remember these albums and these these right. moments in time. And, uh, you know, maybe we see right. Ricardo on the turntables, you know, doing some DJ stuff. Sounds like, you, it sounds like you're interested <laughs> in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. That would be cool. What did it bring uh, up before I let you go, too? It's like the evolution of just cameras, too. I mean, you're, you're shooting this album cover with, you know, cameras that most people don't even see anymore, right? I mean, everybody's got their phone, and that's how they take pictures now. But what kind of camera were you using then? Well, and- well at that time, you know, album covers, uh, I used uh, Hasselblad, you know, the square format. Because, you know, the album covers are square, you know, two and a quarter by two and a quarter. And also, again, talking about things coming back, uh, film is, is, you know, we used to shoot film, right? The texture of, of that album, the image is shot in film. You know, it's, it, there's nothing like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you shoot this album in digital, uh, it has nothing to do with the you, image you that I something. shot in film. Yeah. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I, I actually shot a, a roll of film for the first time. I, I found my some Nikon cameras that are 30 years old, and I and I wanted to test one. I, and I shot a roll of film, Fujicon, and I went and developed it. I took it to uh, Manhattan, and I went through the whole thing. And when it came back, proved to me again that there's nothing like film i'm sorry that's why yeah that's why uh you know even in cinema they're, they're oppenheimer they showed that in 70 millimeter film you know because there, there there is nothing like it i'm sorry there is nothing like it right when i left new york the digital uh world was coming in and that's when i decided 
I'm out of here. 1997, 1997. You threw up the yeah. peace sign and said that's enough. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Same thing, you know. It's it's what you're, you know, accustomed to. It's what you maybe grew up with, or you know, back when you were first doing photography. Obviously, you know, that's that's how you were trained on it, right? So you grew up in Puerto Rico, correct? And then you moved to New I, York. I uh, or... grew in Puerto Rico, yeah. and then I left um, when I was in my early twenties. I went to Europe, and uh, and uh, I never went back. You know, from Europe I went to New York. Wow. And then uh, from New York I went to an island. We had I had two kids that were born in, in a little island called Vieques. You know, remember the Navy the Navy island that the fishermen kicked out of the Navy off <laughs> uh, <laughs> the coast of Puerto Rico. Right. We went there uh, for ten years, me and my wife. We I designed a building that used to be my father's uh, and then we built a restaurant three-story restaurant we did that for 10 years my we we used to bring musicians on on weekends during winter time and we had a, a blast you know like uh yeah. jerry gonzalez from the port apache came a few times you know uh friends of mine from new york this particular and funny records you know we had a blast and those 10 years you know produced my two kids as well so then from there, we went to Spain for 16 years. And now we're here in Beacon, New York. Right. Uh, and we're going to be here for a while next to a creek. We can hear the water. It's fantastic over here. Oh, really wow. cool. I'm sure you get great shots every day. And I just, just thinking about your travels, I mean, Puerto Rico, New York, Spain, London. I've been to Puerto Rico, and I had an awesome time there. And I've been to New York, but I've never been to London or Spain. And I bet just, I'm sure you've got pictures out there from all these places that are just amazing shots, man. And I, that's just, that's just yeah. awesome. How yeah, that probably shaped a, you as an artist. Yeah. It's, just a, it's it's important to move. I think, I think it was a good move going back to LA. Cool. Yeah. Like, uh, it's move to LA. It was, it was a good move. And he actually has been very successful there. You know, I, he, he had to move. Because if not, you know, you, you get you get stuck and you don't listen to new right. things, you don't see new things. And he, he made he made the right move and he survived the move, which is important. No? Yeah, and he's definitely grown. He's got a, a satellite channel, he's doing tours again, he's yeah, yeah, he's on T V, movies, you know. No, no, he he did the right thing. He moved. <laughs> it's like you have to move. It's not you get stuck. Yeah, that's important. Maybe that's, that's what was in the briefcase. It was just a note to himself saying, yeah. you have to move. <laughs> Get out of New York. Maybe that's uh, what the suitcase is all about. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, whatever he got in there helped him move. Right. You know? There you that's go. That's important. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you before you go about your own current stuff. And I, I went on your Instagram page and everybody, you know, go check out Ricardo there. And there's a link and there was a website, uh, sachiart.com. And there's a couple pieces I really liked. There's one called My Spanish Heart. I really liked a lot. I was looking at that one. Uh, and then there was The Man in the City, you know, had a lot of purple in it. I, I'm a fan of purple. Oh, yeah. So those oh, are a couple yeah. that really stood out as soon as I clicked on my phone. Uh, talk yeah. about what you're doing now and, and, you know, the artwork people could find and follow you online and such. Well, this this summer actually, uh, we moved here in. It's, it's been a year now, so 
since I've been here, I've been painting uh, a whole different thing, portraits probably of, of um, women and uh, portraits. You know, I go between abstract and figurative and, and experimenting, always always moving around because if not, uh, I get bored. <laughs> you know, I, I, I need to there's that moving uh, theme again right you just gotta you yeah gotta again yeah. here we go yeah, right. you have to move your brain cells right and then right now I'm in the process of starting another series uh, so uh, I think I yesterday I nailed down what I what I want to do now I do a sketch and then I go into the process you know I, and uh, I do uh, I do probably I did like 10 paintings during the summer and at the end one big one and that's that's my my goal just to to do things and let them unfold you know not forcing anything just let them let the images unfold and then I I go through that process over and over again you know in painting which is a, a cool process because it doesn't really put you you know like a, against the wall you know you have to do this and that like photography was very demanding in new york because you had to s survive so uh, painting is different i think it's more it was come comes out of you internally right and that is something that i really uh, you know enjoy doing you know yeah. uh, it's very cool it's like music when you're when you're making music right um, it has to come from from the inside <laughs> it's like right yeah if not then you're like copying or doing things that other people are doing right you want to do the same thing over and over again that gets you're not creative in that regard right? yeah so yeah no 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 well maybe Absolutely. uh maybe you'll paint ll's next cover right <laughs> it's the next one he does <laughs> it'll be a painting <laughs> well um it's very difficult to actually do paintings that are actually uh realistic for me right you know i i uh, i need to do things that are that are not there that they never been there that are new you know that, that an image that comes out that that never been there before and that that's why um, i don't do any uh anything that is uh, realistic you know i leave that for the masters the masters right uh, you know that it uh, realism you know they uh, they did that all their life and they they were really good at it uh, really really good at it. well everybody listening make sure you check out and where can they find you i know you have an instagram uh, if you want to give that out for people to follow you on instagram and if you do twitter and facebook and all those places on the website they could follow you on right i you know i basically am not very good with the tech <laughs> I'm, uh, and now, um, you know, I put things on Instagram. Uh, my son, when he comes from from school, he's studying at New York University. He, he helps me out, and my daughter. And but That's I'm good. not very good at tag. You know, and actually, this podcast with you is like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel I, important. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> So you you got me out of the cave. You know, got you out of the cave and to press a phone and hit you know seven numbers. I mean that's wow. I didn't know I, I didn't know I was performing a miracle here. Thanks though. I, now I feel better. Oh, yeah. I could go about my day knowing that. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> got, got the artist out of the cave to talk about an album for thirty years ago. It's great. Yeah, man. that is quite an accomplishment. All right. I, See, I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. I'll tell the wife when she gets home. You know what I did today. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, definitely everybody should follow you on Instagram because there's a lot of 
samples of your work and you know the album covers too and there's a link on there and that's how i found that website to see some of your other stuff and i think you could buy the artwork if people are interested they can they could purchase it right right absolutely yeah absolutely so since uh, uh, Ricardo's not uh, tech-savvy, I'll put links on this podcast episode for everybody listening, and you can see his work that way, and I'll, I'll help you uh, get the word out. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much so, for coming out of the cave, Ricardo. I appreciate it. You're dude. welcome, Mark. Anytime. <laughs> and I wish you all the luck. And uh, just keep me informed of what you're doing also. Uh, and... Uh, Let's see, maybe you get Eleo to talk to you. Yeah. And you ask him about the suitcase and the handcuffs. I'm telling you right now, if this, 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 you're talking about miracles, about, you know, me getting you on here and getting, you know, all that. If this leads to LL coming on here, I will be indebted to you for life. So let me just tell you right now. <laughs> I appreciate that even being a, a thought. Maybe. Well, I'll work on it. Good luck. You yeah. always need luck, but you have to have, you have to have faith. Also there you go. Luck. You're, you're right. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, before I let you go, I just wanted to say the, the album cover is just iconic. And I and I really, you know, throw all the flowers your way. I was talking about give people their flowers. You know, I, I love this album and not just for the, the music on it, but the cover is just so iconic. And every time I see it, I'm always finding something new. And I didn't notice the puddle till today because you said the rain. part, And I was like, <laughs> ah, how did I not see that after all these years? But I had the cassette, right. so it's like really small. <laughs> and now I got right. the record so I could see everything a little more visually so uh, just right. kudos to you for such a great cover and uh thanks for your time ricardo and any lasting thoughts about the album cover i mean you said you've been doing your own research on you finding about the the gold chains that people have been wearing for 50 years has there been anything else you thought about with this album cover as you've been thinking about it the last couple of days um actually i've been thinking about it probably more today because that's when i pull out the, <laughs> right the, the vinyl and uh, oh you have a vinyl looking. copy that's even better oh i have beautiful vinyl copy. yeah i have a couple and and i have all the originals of course you know and uh, and yes actually uh i always see new things you're absolutely right there's actually uh there's a window in the back cover and there's a light coming out of the window here uh it's just like a window with uh, oh, yeah, metal metal right uh, uh we put a light in there and you know what i haven't thought about it in a long time but there's you see there's a kind of light coming light reflected right. inside in from the inside <laughs> uh. and i to tell you the truth now i have to think how did we do that you know because it it is there there is a you see the light inside inside that window like a, and uh, and it's in a way that window is very significant because it's like a cage where right probably they keep her the panther you know it's okay <laughs> there you go and and now she's outside and and you know it's, it's interesting yeah you're absolutely right and you, you keep looking at it and you keep seeing things you know like like the two girls are actually the two girls actually one of them was Rosa simmons girlfriend and, oh, and the see. other one was a sister and and the middle one, I think, was Ella's girlfriend that time. But don't quote me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> but the way that they're looking down, or they, their eyes are kind of closed, and then there's one looking into the camera, and Ella, Ella, Ella is looking into the camera also. You know, those points of uh, direction of, of the eyes, you know, it's like something also that, yeah, I've been thinking about it today because when I pull the albums, I see these things again. You know, that 
that are quite significant, I think. The album, the back cover is pretty, pretty strong. And the Let's front cover is, is, uh, is the front cover, of course, you know. But then you go to the back and the back cover is telling a story also, you know. It's, right. it's, uh, it's pretty cool, you know. Well, it really uh, speaks to the album because if you play it, I don't know if you played it recently, it, it's kind of like two different albums. There's a lot of love songs on there, and there's a lot of like LL bragging yeah, about how great he is. Yeah, and so yeah. it's almost like two sided uh, covers because there's two two sides of this album in a way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is it's the way things were done before, which I again going back, you know, like uh, images. How how important images were in vinyl in album covers because the album covers are also open like Buscando America I had a German reproduction of that album that is fantastic and it, and it opens and all the songs are there with with the mountains on the back you know they did an incredible job and that album has one two three images you know inside and outside front and back and, and that's right if you if you have a good good if you have good results you know in in, a, in, a, in an album cover shoot you want to use as many images as you can no to right. uh, maximize the the impact right it's without like, a doubt and, and that's that's what happened here and then you know it is uh it's something that you're you're right you through the years you see you see more things uh, more details and things right. that, are, that are there. Probably music is the same. I, I was listening to music the other day, uh, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and I was listening to you know that group, for example. <laughs> it's like there are four guys, and if you listen to it again after 50 years, and you, you hear sounds again that right. you didn't hear before. Correct. Like, oh my yeah, and I, I I heard them for the first time in Woodstock, 1968, 69. I went to Woodstock. Oh wow! Now you know my age. That's a whole other podcast episode. Wow, going to Woodstock. So and and you know the images and the sounds from the, from that weekend still reverberating in my head, right? Right. And then the the whole idea that, that you listen to something or look at an image many years after and you still find new things it's mind-blowing you know without a doubt unbelievable unbelievable and that's how you know when music is really good and art is really good i think it is lasting like that and you get something new every time you see it and i think that's what comes through with your album cover here and all all the work that you've done of course but this one since we're talking about this one specifically it really really stands out and I just right. really thank you for, uh, like you said, getting out the cave and being uh, able to do this. It was pretty cool to talk to you, man. Except and, for that, that, that mystery, that little mystery. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we yeah. got to find this out. I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, <laughs> gonna get on the case. <laughs> I don't think he's not. He's going to tell you. No, ever. no, no, no. I don't think so. First of all, you'll probably <laughs> hang up the phone. Like, who are you? And then hang up, and then you know, that's. <laughs> He's like, wait, who's this guy? Why is he asking me these questions in 2023 about his suitcase? Right. <laughs> he probably exactly. doesn't, even, doesn't have any idea that he even had it still. But right. Nah, he may tell you. He may tell you it's not. It's not your business. There it is. You're right. I'll hit you over the head with the suitcase. How about that? <laughs> I'll tell Ricardo, yeah. but I'm not telling you. <laughs> he should. Oh he can know because he was there that day. So. Wow. But uh, no, right. thanks so much for coming on. It's really an honor to have you on and just reminisce about that day and and shooting this iconic cover and just talking about it. I'm, I'm sure you'll get asked about it again down the line here. And yeah, if we ever get the, uh, 
the scoop on what's in that suitcase, I will definitely let you know. <laughs> well, you're welcome. And uh, anytime. I appreciate um, it. And good luck with um, everything else coming into your life. Oh, oh thanks so much. I, I appreciate that. And, and same to you as well. I look forward to seeing more art on, uh, on your website and everything. And people will go out there, go follow Ricardo online and check out everything he's done. And uh, just, a, just a big, big salute for coming on the show here. I really appreciate all your time. Thank man. you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you're welcome. you. Have a nice day. You too, Ricardo. Thank you so much. Take, take care, Mark. All right. Take care, man. Bye. That was really cool talking to Ricardo Betancourt. I had such a blast going down memory lane and just talking about that album cover. You know, like I said at the beginning of the episode and I said before on this podcast, I am a huge fan of that album. If you've not heard it, you know, go listen to it. Definitely really glad to have talked to Ricardo about it. Just got a lot of feedback about that album cover and, you know, there's little things I didn't notice before. You know, I got to give a big shout out to my guy, DJ Real One. He gave me the vinyl copy. I only had the cassette back when it came out. I bought that cassette copy, but I never had a vinyl. And the, the reason why the vinyl is so crucial is just that you could see more of the detail in the cover. With the cassette, it's so small that I missed a lot. So I'm looking at it while I'm talking to Ricardo here, and I didn't notice the puddle, you know, where his right foot is. He's like kind of standing in a puddle. I didn't really notice the graffiti in the background. It's There's a lot of little bits of detail that, unfortunately, cassette tape, and maybe even the CD for that matter, just doesn't give you because it's at such a small scale. But when you see the record, it's all those details just pop out. And it's just much more clear at how much work went into that and how much details in that photo. But definitely go check out Ricardo. Check him out on IG. Just look up Ricardo Betancourt and you can find him online. There's a link on his Instagram and I'll put a link on this episode here. So if you're listening to this, there's a, you know, there's a show note section and I'll have a link to his, his web page. But you can go to satchiart.com. That's S-A-A-T-C-H-I-A-R-T.com. Just type in Ricardo Betancourt. You'll find his stuff. But I did want to say one thing about this album besides the cover, which I think is just amazing, of course. Just the track listing on here. So depending on what you had when you first heard it, the cassette had the most songs, which is crazy to think about. The CD and vinyl did not have as many songs as the cassette did. The cassette, when I bought it, it had like four bonus tracks. Now, as a kid, I didn't really know what that meant as in like, why did this have bonus songs? Because I didn't have the vinyl or the CD, so I wasn't aware why it had more. I, mean, I didn't know that there was a difference in... Uh, you know, how much you could fit onto a record or a cassette. And the songs that were extra on the cassette were the best songs uh, <laughs> that he made. Like, it was Jack the Ripper and Going Back to Cali. I mean, these are, like, big hits for him. And if you just had the CD or vinyl version, you didn't have those records on there. I mean, those songs were huge, and you heard them, but they were not included on the album. I mean, I'm looking at the vinyl cover now. Those songs are not on here. There's a song called Crime Stories. It's not on the vinyl copy. It's only on the cassette. It, it might be on the CD. I never had the CD, so I'm not... I'm not quite sure the CD had it, but the cassette had it. The thing I liked about this album, too, is so Jingling Baby originated on this album. A lot of people think of it as, you know, the version of the Mama Said Knock You Out one, where it's the Marley Mall remix. I like the Jingling Baby on Walking with the Panther better. It's mainly because of the lyrics. The lyrics are more rough. They're more gritty on here. He kind of cleaned them up for Mama Said Knock You Out. Or they're not as... Uh, raw i don't know how to word it <laughs> they're not as uh he's not cursing as much so i like the jingling baby version on this album much more and i just like how it comes right in that song dropping him is just such a great track as soon as it plays it's just so awesome at the end of it it sounds like like the track kind of stops or something like it kind of goes off the wheels a bit it's it sounds kind of chaotic but i love it and even at the beginning of the song ll's kind of yawning he's almost like all right uh, let's get to work you know like i'm gonna take out some more mcs and i'm not even trying that hard i just like the braggadocious on this album it's he just 
brags so much about himself. So here's a great example of how I love it, but I can understand why people were maybe confused. So there's a song <laughs> called One Shot at Love, which is a total like love song, and most dudes probably fast forward it. And then the next song is 1-800-LO Cool J, where he's just talking about how he's just, you know, doing girls and you know he's got all the money in the world and everything and he's just living that life and then the song after that is two different worlds another like love song so he sandwiched like probably his most like playboy other than big old butt maybe but his most braggadocious shit in between like two like hey girl i love you songs (laughs) that's what's so great about ll man he would do that all the time. And by the way, that 1-800-LL-Cool-J song, he definitely was the first to do that. Nas just dropped Magic 3, and he's got a song in there called 1-800-Hit-Boy or whatever. So I don't know if that's inspired by it, but that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that track. I believe it's the last song on Magic 3, so shout out to Nas. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's definitely influenced by LL. So yeah, everybody listen, just go play this album if you've never heard it before. This song called Nitro that I like a lot, Fast Peg. Man, that, that one is a really cool story. It's really short, but it is, it's really grimy. You know, what he talks about, what happens in that song, and Smoking Dope in another track, and Def Jam in the Motherland. I mean, there's so many cool songs on here. Definitely everybody listening, go check out this record. It's very much underrated and slept on, and this cover is just amazing. So big shout out to Ricardo Betancourt for coming on the show and talking about it. Hey, yo, what's going on? It's your man DJ Lord Jazz from the world famous Lords of the Underground. Right now, you're tuned in to the Infinite Banter Podcast with my homie always hitting you one time, making it funky, DJ Soundwave. Let's go. Time for you to leave, assholes. That is Kirk Acevedo telling me it's time to go, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. But before I get out of here, you know, one last thing about Walking with a Panther and that album cover, what me and Ricardo were talking about. That briefcase has really got me thinking a lot. You know, what was in that briefcase? You know, you got the cover there. You see it with the handcuffs and everything. I was joking that it's probably his black book with all those girls' numbers in it, but... He's right. If there's a way for us to find out what was in there, just to just to have some fun with it. Yo, LL, get on the phone here. Hit me up. Let's do this. I want to talk about this cover, man, and this album in, in general. <laughs> Maybe just us talking about it, wanting to know what was in that briefcase. Somehow, it's in that universe. He spoke it into existence, and LL will hear this and be like, oh, man, I got to tell that dude. Who is this guy? I never heard of him, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my career on the line and talk to some nobody about some briefcase on an album cover from 30-something years ago that I don't even remember doing it. It's just more of a prop. Yeah, I'll talk to that guy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That'd be cool if he did, though. No, no doubt. That would be uh, one of those check marks here. LL on the show. Check. There you go. Let's do this, man. Talking with a Panther. So that would be cool. Big up, LL. This album is great, man. All these years later, I was not one of those cats talking shit about it. This album is amazing. Wanted to give a quick heads up. So B. Brian Blair, the wrestler, part of the Killer Beast tag team, has been on the show before, about three and a half years ago. He wrote a book, and I bought it and read it a few months ago, and I've been wanting to have him back on the show. And he's going to come on in November to talk about that book. And I can't wait to talk to him. The book is, is really cool. It's called Truth Be Told and B spelled B-E-E. Definitely go check it out. Follow him online and you can see the book. And he'll sign it for you and everything. I mean, he sent it to me. I think I ordered it and got it like within a week. So he, he doesn't play around. You want that book, he'll get it to you. But yeah, he's going to come on the show in about a month here. And really looking forward to talking to B. Brian Blair. He has some great stories. And the book has a lot of cool stuff in there about just some of the behind the scenes stuff. Just being on the road as a wrestler back in the 70s, 80s, and even going into the 90s. So stay tuned for that. Early November, B. Brian Blair will be on the show to talk about his new book, Truth Be Told. All right, that's it for me. Big up to Ricardo Betancourt. 
A lot of fun talking with him about the LL Cool J cover for Walking with a Panther. Definitely go check him out on Instagram, Ricardo Betancourt. He's got a bunch of pictures of his artwork and such. You can definitely check him out, and there's links to his website and such. So definitely follow Ricardo. He's done a lot of good work in the past. I got to look up what he's done with Salt and Pepper because he said he did something with them. I need to check that out. But this is the Infinite Banter Podcast. You can listen to it on all platforms. Rate and review the show. Follow it on social media at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on YouTube. Type in Infinite Banter for clips from past guests. And once again, big shout out to Ricardo Betancourt. Glad I got him out of the cave. <laughs> I got him to talk on the phone about this cover from over 30 years ago. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. You're inside creating. You know, you're doing artwork. You're, you're stuck in the house. You're doing whatever you're doing. Living life. It's fine. You know, some guy wants to talk to you about something you did 30-something years ago. You know, <laughs> he might be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but no, he was really cool. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer about it. And it was just really cool to hear about him coming up in that era and doing photography and art. And it's just another aspect of music that I feel like doesn't get enough attention is how these covers are made and what goes behind it. So big shout out to Ricardo Bencourt for coming on and just sharing with us his time working with LL and doing this cover. All right, that's it for me. Thanks again for checking out the show. Until I do another one of these. What's in that briefcase, L? Come on, let me know. I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. Being on the Infinite Banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.